Welcome back to Clydesdale Media, where we bring you the best from the world of CrossFit. Podcasts, news, special interest, health, fitness. If you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. Hit the notifier so you're the first to know when we have new episodes. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Clydesdale Media Podcast. My name is Scott Switzer. This is Amy Radowski, and we are so honored and privileged to have Anna Tobias with us today. Um, you are such an interesting woman. I cannot wait to dive into all that you've accomplished in your life. Uh, but the reason we have you on is that you are going to be competing in the Masters Fitness Collective. Correct. Yes. So... You, I haven't seen any competition results for a, a couple years now. I think since COVID, yep. is this going to be your first time back on the comp floor? Yes, it is. Yes. And my last time, I guess, competing, competing on the floor was the games before COVID. And then the last time I did the qualifiers was the year it got canceled. So took two years off to kind of let my body recover and focus on the gym. And then, yeah, this will be my first time back. So I'm really excited. Yeah, so what drew you to that competition? Um, well, you know, I was looking for something that was um, going to be a really good competition, like with good good athletes to compete against. Um, and uh, it just seemed like I feel like I'm, I'm not too old to, like, try and compete against 20-year-olds, but I'm too old to try and compete against 20-year-olds. So I want to find something that would, like, not break me as I, like, ease back into it. Um, and it just seemed to be perfect. Like I said, the competition was good. Um, and uh, it was just perfect timing to dive in and did it with a couple of uh, other guys from the gym um, who also ended up qualifying as well. So it would be a fun little trip for all of us to go to. Very cool. So the last time you were on a competition floor, you won. Yes. Yeah, two-time uh, 35 to 39-year-old champion at the CrossFit Games. Um, so yeah, so are expectations high or is, is this just go have fun, get your toe back in the water and kind of hang out with your, your gym mates? Um, a bit of both, I think, you know, I think being competitive, you have that desire to want to always perform your best. Um, I'm going to go and give it the best shot I can. And if that means I come out on top, great. Um, I would be lying if I didn't say I would like to finish on the podium, but you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> it depends what the workouts are and you know, and basically what, what game you bring. So I'm training hard and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but looking forward to having a good time and having some fun too. So you and your husband are co-owners of a gym in Pittsburgh, T2. Yep. T2 CrossFit. Yep. Yeah. And uh, and that, that's the gym that's sending some athletes to MFC. Yep. Awesome. So when did you guys, when did you guys buy the gym and you met your husband through CrossFit, right? I did actually. Yeah. So him and I, well, I got into CrossFit through some sailing friends when we were training for the London Olympics and we were in Chicago training and they said, Hey, come check out this gym. I think you'll like it. Cause we needed somewhere to go to do a, our fitness routines, uh, workouts and stuff. And so anyway, they're like, it's a CrossFit gym. And we're like, oh, what? Anyway, we went and I absolutely fell in love on the first day, like got my ass handed to me and loved it. 
Um, and then we moved down to Miami to do some training for the winter time and went to the gym that he was coaching at. And uh, I think his first words to me were, you need to get stronger. You need to get on my strength program. <laughs> and I was like, and, that, and that's what won you over. <laughs> and apparently that won me over. Yeah, so, no, he, um, he was my coach for a long time um, for us and we were friends. Um, you know, he helped me train and stay fit and healthy for the London Olympics. And we got through that and then just became really good friends. Um, and then eventually we started dating and had this opportunity to move up to Pittsburgh, um, moved up there. And then in 2016, we opened our own gym. Um, yeah, just outside Pittsburgh. So are you, this is the important question. Are you Steelers fans? Absolutely. I definitely, yes, I am. Okay, that's good news. Yes. We're Steelers fans. At, my at my wife and my whole entire family will be glad to hear that. Excellent. I grew up uh, 90 miles north of Pittsburgh. Okay. So... In a little town called Oil City. Okay. But what I bet my co-host doesn't know is you went to high school in Ohio. I did. Whoa, I did not know that. At the age of 12, you moved to the States and you guys moved to Perrysburg, Ohio. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is a small little town up pretty much Toledo. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say Toledo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so one of my questions for you is Fort Wayne, Indiana is not that far from Perrysburg. Correct. Do you have any family back there anymore? No, my parents live on a boat um, somewhere on the East Coast, and my brother lives in uh, Virginia Beach area. Uh, so it doesn't help that you're going to be competing really close to where you grew up. No, but it'd be nice to like drive through um, on my way there and on our way home. Yeah, the, the best thing I know from Perrysburg is the Holodome, which yeah. is the Holiday Inn that they built the dome over the middle where they put like a mini golf and a pool and, and mm -hmm. it's all the theme of new Orleans. Okay. Haven't been there. Haven't seen that. Yeah. It's not worth the trip for just that. No. Okay. That's just where my, where my, so I work for the state of Ohio. That's where they put us up every time we had to travel. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so super excited about MFC, but I want to go back in time a little bit. For for those that don't know, you had a legendary sailing career. Yeah. And you just told us before we went on the air that that, may, that career may not be over. Yeah. Um, so I've been in chat talks with my uh, former skipper from the last campaign that we tried to go to for the Tokyo Olympics, and we decided that we're going to give it another go. And so... We're seven days back into our new um, quest for gold in Paris 2024. So what what makes a girl want to be a sailor? Uh, I don't know. Um, I know I was born in the sport. My, my family's done it. Um, thankfully, they never forced me to compete in it. They just wanted me to know how to sail. Um, but I would say my family is just competitive by nature. I think it's in our genes. And so eventually I took to this, the competitive side of sailing and um, 
started doing it. I think what I love about it, which is also kind of very similar to CrossFit, is that like it's always different, right? So we do these workouts, we do similar movements, but you know the way the movements are put together, the time frames, the rounds and reps, like um, it always ends up having a different relative feel to it, right? Um, and same in sailing, even though you'll do two to three races, four races a day, even though the conditions, like the wind and the waves and the all of that might stay very similar, it's never identical. Um, and so it's it's always a new game of chess every time we go out and start the race. So what does a day of training look like for sailing? Um, so we get up, we go to the gym, we spend about an hour and a half at the gym, um, come home, eat breakfast, make lunch, head to the boat park, uh, do any little bit of work that we need to. So we'll be there around 11, 10 30, 11, 11 30, depending on the wind for the day. And then rig up, head out, sail for two to three hours, come in, watch video, debrief the day, make dinner, do recovery, go to bed, repeat. So there's video analysis in all this. You Yeah. Wow. And and is the video on the boat mm-hmm. or do you have another boat videoing you? So it, usually we'll have our coach, if, if we have a coach out with us, we'll have a coach behind us who's videoing us. Um, sometimes we'll, we'll put a GoPro on our boat as well so that we can see um, what we're actually doing close up on the boat. So a lot of it is like making sure our footwork's going right. Um, the, so that's what the video on the boat does. Um, the video off the boat is we're looking at the shape of the sails to make sure like they're in the fastest shape possible to make the boat go as fast as possible. So it's a lot of critiquing that and watching our movements in the boat and how it translates into the boat speed. So who knew it was all about physics and geometry? It is very much about physics and geometry. And those were probably my least two successful classes in high school, (laughs) 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 which is bad to say, but that's it. I I think you faked it well enough. Um, as you won the gold out. medal, you won the gold medal in 2008 yep. at the Olympics. You, you qualified again for the Olympics in 2012. You won two world cups. I got to ask as someone, I grew up as a swimmer. So the Olympics were a dream at one time for me, you win an Olympic gold medal. Do you have that displayed anywhere? Is it, does it mean a lot to you? It does mean a lot to me. It means the world to me. Uh, the amount of time and effort and stress and anxiety um, that went into that, um, you know, it, it kind of is all in that medal. Um, is it displayed? No. It's in a little bag. It's usually in a drawer somewhere in the house. I actually have it right now because I took it to a talk that I did. So I have it in my backpack now. But normally it's just put in a drawer somewhere. Safe. Safe. What about the CrossFit gold medals? They're with my other gold medal. Yeah, they just, they all sit in the drawer. I'm not, I don't, I don't really brag about myself. I don't like to like post it all up there, you know, like I did it and I'm very proud of what I've done. Um, and uh, yeah, like on to the next task and how can I inspire others to try and accomplish their goals? You know, like these are my dreams and I've accomplished them and I have more dreams to accomplish for sure, but I also want to be able to help others accomplish them. So I don't into that. It sounds like you're more about the process than the product. 
I know the product's very important. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> when I did a win in London, uh, I took it extremely, extremely badly. It was, it was, it was rough. Um, you know, we were the world champions two years before, silver medalists at the world, so year of the games, um, ranked number one in the world. Basically, won everything except world leading into the the games and got fifth at the games. And so it was, I was really devastating. Um, and in a way, like, you know, they say things happen for a reason, whatever that reason was. I got really into CrossFit and had a great CrossFit career, you know. Um, so, yeah, everything happens for a reason. You just don't see it at the time. But, yeah, it's, I'm very much about the end result. Like, that's why I enjoy the journey, but I want the end result as well. It's crazy because if, if I won the gold medal and I, and it probably, if you do it, it's different than if you think you do it, but I'd be like walking in a grocery store with that hanging around my neck, like, yo, gold medalist here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I guess people do. It's not me. Yeah. But, but in all honesty, like all of my stuff from my swimming career are in a box in the basement. They haven't seen the light of day in 20 years. Right. So I, I guess you fantasize it so much and when you never get it, you think you would flaunt it. But reality is you probably, you know, in your heart what you did. So did you ever get the ring tattoo? I do. I have it on my ankle. Um, it needs touching up, but I, def I definitely got it. Yeah. All right. So that's the display. Yeah, I guess that that's the display. Yeah. Cause that's like a cool tradition that Olympians get to put the rings on as a tattoo and that that's something you can never take away from them. Right. Yeah. For sure. So I don't know where to go next. You're now training again. When you were doing this the first time, if I read it correctly, cause I am not a sailing expert, you were a one person boat. Correct. So it was all by yourself. It was all on you. Yes. <clears throat> in pictures that you posted on Facebook, you are with other people. Yes. In this round, go, trying to go back, are you doing more than one person boat? Yes. So when I won the gold in 2008, I sailed by myself in a boat called the Laser. At the time, it was called the Laser Radial. Now it's called an Ilka 6. Um, then from there, after that one in the London Olympics, I transitioned to a discipline called match racing. Um, and we sailed with three of us on the boat. Um, and then in the last one, when we were trying for Tokyo, there were two of us and I switched. I've always driven boats my entire life. And instead of driving, I now moved to the front of the boat and I'm crewing. And that's the same boat that I'm doing again now. Okay. Do you enjoy one over the other? The three boats are one completely different. Um, and the game is totally different between all three boats. Um, and so there was a reason for picking and choosing each of them. Um, and the reason I chose this one now is probably because it's a very physical boat. And of course, I like the challenge. So I like the physical challenge along with the mental challenge of it. Um, so that's why, that's why I'm crewing at the front of this boat now. So do the amazing. She's so fast. She's so good. So it's really fun to do it with her. 
Do the nerves hit you the same when you're competing at sailing that they might at CrossFit or are you more confident in competing in one than the other? No, you definitely get nervous the same. Um, the difference is in CrossFit, you kind of have like your game plan, right? Like, you know how well you can move away, you know how well you can do these skills and you kind of have an idea even under fatigue, like how the workout's gonna go. The one thing you can't control in CrossFit is what your competitors are gonna do, but you can kind of game the field if you know, if you know you're doing really well and you're you've got a lead, you can kind of like, you know, let off the gas a little bit to conserve some energy. In sailing, um, you have to read the wind, which you can't actually really see. You're kind of predicting what Mother Nature's gonna throw at you. Um, you have these 30, 40 other boats that you know, we're all going to go different ways on the race course. So you can't really control anybody. Um, and you're just hoping that you read the wind and make the decisions better than everybody else. Um, and then there is never a letting off the pedal. It's once you're in the front, you stay in the front because anything could happen. You know, you could hit a rogue wave and capsize. You could, um, the wind could change on you. You know, so you're always just pushing, pushing all the time. So I'm going to try to put this delicately. You you are a master's athlete. Yes. You are going back into a sport that you did at a much younger age. Yes. How does, uh, because of your fitness level, does that allow you to do that? Yes, um, definitely it does. Um, it's also the cool thing of sailing is it's it's an experienced sport. So the more you do, the more experience you get. So in theory, the older you are, the better you should be. Um, there is a balance of like, you know, you've got to be able to be fit enough to handle the boat that you're sailing. And I think that's one of the great things of us for is there's so many different boats that you can sail, whether it's in the Olympics or weekend racing or whatever, that anybody can sail. Um, but yeah, I think the fitness definitely helps me um, sail this boat in the position that I'm sailing for sure. Okay. And just for those that don't know racing, yes, it's an experienced sport, but you're moving a lot. You have to move those sails. Very you have to moving. pull rope. You have to do a lot of things. Um, how fit does a sailor have to be? <laughs> um, you, you should be quite fit. Um, I always feel like I should be fitter when I'm doing it. Right? Like, There'll be times where like your heart rate's down a little bit and you feel okay, good. And then like the intense moment hits and afterwards you're like, oh my God, I just need to be fitter. Just like we do in wads, right? Like you feel really good about the wad and you're doing, doing it. And then you, you get the last round or whatever. And you're like, oh my God, I'm dying. You know, same thing. You always want to be fitter than what you are. Yeah. It happened to me today. I collapsed completely on the floor. Um, so I get that completely. You won so many awards like the list just kept going yachts woman of the year from 08 to 2011 yeah so like four straight mvps yeah uh world sailor of the year in 09 and 11 yeah and when you were in college you won sailor of the year in 2005 yeah That is incredible. But where I want to go with that is you do that sport. You're so successful. Olympic medalist, all of these accolades, you go to CrossFit. How humbling 
was it competing in CrossFit the first year out? Um, I, you know, I think going into it, I, I didn't really have like know what to do. Like my coach said, oh, Brad said he knew I would qualify for the games. Like my first year that I did regionals and I didn't even, I was like, I'm going to regionals. I don't even know like what's going on, you know? And then I finished second and qualified for the games. I'm like, oh wow. Okay. We'll go to the games. Right. So I had no like expectations of this year. I didn't know what really was going on. I think I watched the games a couple times on ESPN, a couple like events. Right. So I didn't know a ton about it. And so I was like last minute cramming to see like what the heck was going on. Um, and so I didn't really have a ton of expectations. Um, and then so I think I finished ninth my first year. So that was like, I was super happy and super kind of proud of myself, impressed. And then in the next year, I was like, right, ready, gung ho to go after it. And then I got injured in the triple threes. Um, and so that kind of took me out that year. And then after that, I was like, it was a fight. Like I wanted to get back there, but I knew, um, you know, strength has always been a, not a strong area for me. Like I'm more of the endurance athlete um, and I always struggled with the strength side of things. So those events always took me down. So um, I knew I was always battling that. Um, but, you know, I kind of gave it my all every year and just kind of see where we landed. And, you know, the great thing of the games is if it was more of a, if some of the workouts were more in my wheelhouse, then great. That'd be awesome. If there was just max lift after max lift, I probably wasn't going to have a good games. Um, so what's good about them is that they do give a wide variety of everything, which is really cool and depends on your preparedness. So looking back, I, I saw that you, when you were competing in the individual division, three event wins. Mm -hmm. So you definitely had your home runs. Yeah. Right. But like you said, strength was not a strength of yours. So you had some down moments too. Yeah. In sailing, did you ever have that like kind of roller coaster experience that you would get during a games week? Yes. Um, especially in my early, especially in the early years of a, a quadrennium for the Olympics, <clears throat> you know, you'll have, you'll have those events where, or the, the wind conditions in a, in a sense that are not necessarily your strong suit or could, you know, one of the um, angles of points of sale is not necessarily a strong suit. So you struggle to figure it out. Um, but eventually you get better and better at it and you can get better and better at it as you learn and feel the boat and learn how to set up the sails. Um, so yeah, we definitely went through those phases. Do you remember your three event wins? Uh, one was a beach event, swimming which also fun fact, I'm absolutely terrified of the ocean. So I was absolutely <laughs> shitting myself that entire event. Um, <laughs> the sandbag event. I mean, what was the other one? Oh, the chipper thing, the, the sled pulley thing with China. I remember the, that. Yeah. the rope chipper. Yeah. Yeah. With the heavy dubs and yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, those are the three. And which one of those three was your favorite? Probably the sandbag one in the stadium, in the tennis stadium. That one was, that was so much fun. The swim one was not my favorite. I, I, I hate swimming in that ocean. Were you just motivated to go faster because you were scared shitless? Probably. <laughs> um, no, all I can think, so kind of funny story. We knew we were going swimming and 
we knew which pier we were swimming around. So the day before I went to the beach to kind of like check out the beach and the ocean, but we went to the pier, one pier up. And I looked over the end and I saw two sharks swimming around the pier. And I was like, come on, come on. This is not, no. And so as I was swimming, I was like, I knew I was like, because the first swim was like a short 250. And then it was on the beach, do some burpees thrusters around the pier, do some burpees thrusters, and then a short swim again. And I, I got into the water to do the pier swim. And I was like, well, <laughs> they had a little boat with the camera in front of you. And I was like, well, at least if I get eaten by a shark, everyone's going to see it. And maybe they'll name this event after me. <laughs> like these are the thoughts that are going through my head whilst I'm swimming. I was like, just keep swimming. You know, people will see it if you get eaten. It's okay. <laughs> I don't know. That it's so funny what goes through your head yes. in any workout. <laughs> yes. But that is that is awesome. So the sandbag, it's such an iconic, like vivid memory for many CrossFit fans. You had to bring the sandbags down, climb over the wall. Mm -hmm. load them up on a wheelbarrow, move them across the stadium, up over the wall and back up the steps. Yes. What was the hardest part of that? Um, you know, honestly, like Brad gave me such a good strategy on all of it that like the event felt not stressful. I, I think probably the most stressful part was like making sure you didn't dump the wheelbarrow, but like, he told me exactly like he told me the order to bring the bags down and how many in each hand and all of that told me how to like lay it in the wheelbarrow and it just kind of like flowed super easy <clears throat> you know i give him 100 percent credit for that one because it just what what he told me to do i stuck to it and it it worked fantastically so many people dumped the wheelbarrow <laughs> so many people and did you have any issues with it at all? Because you had them packed just the right way. Yeah. yeah awesome. Was, how he did it, how he came up with that strategy. I don't know, but it was amazing. And it just, the event went so easy and so smoothly. And that's what it I was think. Probably is, geometry and physics. Probably not. Yeah. Not my area. <laughs> but I think that's, what's so interesting and fascinating about some of those events like that, because you're all there. You're all super fit people, right? You're capable of doing this grunt work, but it comes down to the strategy of the, of how to approach it and how to, to, to do that. So I think that was a cool event to display that in particular. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think people underestimate the mindset part of competing. Um, it's that it's so much. And, and I do a show with Phil Mansfield and I know that one of his tactics has been to have his people do math problems in the middle of a workout yeah. so that they, so that they can keep their mind active and be able to think on their feet in the middle of extreme, extreme fatigue. Yeah. Do you do anything for mindset in either of the sports? Um, I did a lot of for mindset in, um, in sailing. Um, you know, I did a lot of like, I read a lot of the inner game of tennis and those sorts of books to kind of keep my mind in the right place. A lot of times, especially when you start getting really nervous or getting into a tricky situation. Um, and then, um, I think just in CrossFit, my training, the way we train, um and the way brad trains me um just made me get really mentally strong um yeah 
whether he agrees with that. I don't know. I feel like I'm mentally strong, <laughs> stronger than I was at least. So, okay. I'm going to, I got a why here. I'm going to go this way. You and Brad met, he was your coach. Yeah. At what point did it become more than coach and athlete? And how did the first date come up? <laughs> um, our first date wasn't very successful. <laughs> uh, I think, yeah, we, he trained me, well, he started coaching me in 2011. Um, so probably um, around 2013, maybe 2014, somewhere in there, 2014, maybe 13. I can't remember. We started dating. And then, uh, yeah, our date was not successful. So we said we're never going to go on a date again. And then we just hung out. Yeah. There you and go. The pressure was probably off and you guys could just be yourselves. Exactly. Yeah. It's that out-of-box thinking that gets you to be successful. Yeah. Um, so to, in today's CrossFit, there are so many spouses, um, partners that are coach and athlete. How hard is that dynamic when you train together and then you have to come home and live together? Yeah, so we had a rule. Uh, we got five minutes to sulk on the way home. And then that's it. What happens at the gym stays at the gym. You get your five minutes of sulking and then move on with life. Set that boundary and move yeah. on. Yeah. Does Brad still train you today? Uh, he still coaches me, um, like he does my programming, you know, if I have questions on it. But just because I've just been, you know, I want to say casually crossfitting, um, but not training as intensely. You know, it hasn't been the, like, one-on-one -on -one coaching that we have. But he's he's always in my corner, like, if I have questions on my programming or weights or modifications, you know. And, you know, I'll show him the workouts for the Masters Fitness um, event and uh, – you know, he'll, we'll go over strategy for those as well. So he'll be there. So we know about Anna as a sailor and as a CrossFit athlete, but what, do, what does downtime look like for you? Or what, what other things do you enjoy doing? Are you a reader or artist? Um, well, I'm just in my last class of my MBA right now. So um, once that finishes up, hopefully I'll have a little bit more time. Um, I love baking. I love cooking and baking. Um, I'd like to do that, but it's a bit expensive these days. Um, so yeah, I want to get back into reading and, you know, taking just a little bit of time for myself. Like when I'm home, I have three dogs at home. I love spending time with them. So taking them on walks and playing with them. Snuggling them. Yeah. And what kind of dogs do you have? Um, I have a German Shepherd. A Belgian Malinois and a Pitbull. So you have some work dogs. Yeah, they're awesome. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they're they're a lot, but they're really good dogs. So it is yeah. great. Are they good gym dogs or training dogs? <laughs> uh Layla, my German Shepherd, and Luna, um, our Pitbull, came to the gym a lot. Um and then the uh, Malinois doesn't go to the gym. He doesn't like people. Yeah. Um, and our <laughs> German Shepherd doesn't like other dogs, but loves people. And our Pitbull is just lazy. She's just happy to be wherever she can sleep. So 
but they'll hang out with me when I'm training at home. Definitely. They'll hang out in the garage with me and kind of just look at me every time I drop the ball. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Same. Like I'm trying to sleep over here. What are you doing? Yeah. I'm making racket. Yeah. So Amy takes her dog on runs all the time. Does that yeah. ever happen? No, I'll take him on walks. No. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Amy's dog is named Murph. Oh, nice. Well, Cause, he cause was, she uh, actually loves running. Yeah. And he, we uh, uh, rescued him on um, Memorial Weekend like five years ago. So okay. it was, I mean, Makes sense. it just yeah. was perfect. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So when you're when you're training for sailing, it sounds like a like a long day, just like CrossFit. But are the weights lower? Are you? Is it a different style? Um, for me, no. Um, just because I get my kick out. Like when I'm sailing, when I'm crossfitting, it like I'm focused on crossfit, and I don't have to think about sailing. I don't think about work. I don't think about anything else. When I'm sailing, I'm focused on sailing. I don't think about crossfit or work or anything. So I keep my crossfit training as is. When I'm programming for my um, the athletes that I program for that sail, like yeah, their their workouts change. Um, based on whether they're in at a competition, a heavy training, you know, also I won't have them do muscle ups or snatches. They don't need to do that for sailing, you know, and it's like a high risk move that is not needed, you know? So, um, their, their workouts are definitely different than what I would be doing. Um, but I love the, I love the CrossFit thing. So I gotta keep that going for me. Oh, you're on mute, Scott. I was just talking to myself a little bit. Amateur. Um, so when you were in the open division, it's it's very, very competitive. What I have found by going to the MFC is that things are a little bit more laid back. You know, as you age, it's not as important to win everything. And you like seeing your friends that you haven't seen in a very long time. Are you looking forward to kind of catching up with people that you haven't seen in a few years? Yeah, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping I see people I haven't seen in a few years. You know, it's actually funny. When when I did my first Masters at, at the Games, it was the same thing. Like, it was so much more chill, laid back. Everyone was like, yeah, it was a totally different vibe. I loved it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping this vibe, like, continues in, in this event, too. And, yeah, I'm hoping I see people that I haven't seen in a few years. So it should be a lot of fun. So that first year, you went head-to-head -head with Sam Briggs. Yeah. And she's kind of legendary for being loosey goosey in the back. Yeah, she's she's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We we had a good time. Both years, both years, all of us had a really good time. You know, it was both years there was we were new people were coming out of the individual competition, you know, and it was at first it was very intense and then you know you settle into like the way we masters do it and yeah, it, the light, the mood lightens up and it's, it's definitely, yeah, it's intense. As soon as the, you know, you get on the floor, it's blinders on and you're off, off to the races. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's much more chill and Sam's definitely a lot of fun. Yeah. And then the next year you went out, you went head to head with Carlene Matthews and, yeah. uh, Becca Voigt. That was the podium that year. Pretty impressive lineup that year as well. Yeah. Yeah, we had really good fields and it was cool because it was like, I want to say, you know, aside from Becca, who is just legendary, um, we, 
were kind of like the first part of like that initial group really moving into the masters. So from the individual side, so it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe when I was looking at the podiums, like it's just a walk down memory lane when I went back to 2018 and 19 and, but you had a phenomenal masters era. The two, two years you went, you had eight event wins in those two years. Okay. Pretty impressive. And your wins were by 126 points in 18 and 90 points in 19. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't know that? No, I was always told I needed to uh, get like top two in the final event to win. So (laughs) I didn't actually know what the final event scores were. (laughs) Were you told that by your coach? Yes. Oh, you have five minutes to sulk before you get to rip them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It works. We did it all the time. I never looked at the results and he, you know, he would tell me like where I had to finish. And obviously he might have told a fib or two in there. You got the end yeah, result, but we got the results. So that's all that matters. <laughs> so my last, my last big question on sailing is, is that something you will ever be able to do for relaxation? You know, people ask me that a lot. And I, right now I would say no. Um, I would get on the boat probably with the intent to relax and then just start like looking at the sails and try and like, tweak them so the boat would go just a little bit faster and I'd be so focused on what the wind was doing that no I mean it's definitely a sport that like you can do that on but right now I would say I'm not there yeah we talked to Emma McQuaid about because she was a quad racer before she was uh uh in CrossFit Mm -hmm. she says she cannot ride them at all unless she's competing yeah Mm -hmm. the minute she gets on it's as fast as she can possibly go and race whoever's around and it's not relaxation for her (laughs) no so i was just trying to get that point of view from you well i'm super stoked about mfc amy do you have any other questions no i've been asking them as they they come so yeah well we are going to be there um i'm not sure in what capacity Uh, i may be your judge um or i may be in the uh, media awesome role i don't know but we're going to be there. It's only a, a two and a half hour drive for us up to Fort Wayne. So I can't wait to see all the legends back at MFC, including you. It was great meeting you, Anna. Thank you very much for having me. See you there. It's nice to see you. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining Clydesdale Media for today's episode. If you like what you hear, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, and make sure you hit the notifier so you're the first to know when new episodes are out. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time with Clydesdale Media.